I'm launching a course called Successful ADHD Entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and I've had ADHD for a little bit longer than that. Over that time, I've learned quite a few things that make me quite effective. People even call me organized. After many people asked me to, I have created a course to share what I've learned with you. Get details at neurodiversity.me slash course. The first run is limited to only 20 students, and the first class is April 20th, so don't put this one off neurodiversity.me slash course. My name is Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. I'm a global connector, networking concierge, and coach. For two decades, I believed that my ADHD was a disability. Only at the age of 41 would I come to realize that my ADHD was an incredible asset. And when I leaned into that, I achieved greater success than ever before. ADHD is the engine behind my own success as a networker and coach. Over the past few years, I've spoken with thousands of entrepreneurs and found that many of them have some kind of neurodiverse diagnosis, ADHD, autism, dyslexia, OCD, and more. Like me, for many of them, their neurodiversity is indeed the very source of their success. On this show, we will change the narrative on neurodiversity. I've heard enough about the challenges and how hard it can be. I want to hear about how awesome we are. It's time to start talking about how our neurodiversity can be an asset for ourselves, our communities, and our businesses. It's time to start talking about neurodiversity superpowers. Welcome once again to the Neurodiversity Superpowers Show. I am your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. And today we have Vicki Helm. So for those of you looking to have more success, deeper relationships, and simply want to achieve your highest potential, Vicki Helm can help you take your life to the next level by helping you tap into your inner genius. You can have a life of passion, purpose, and prosperity, learn success, business, and life strategies to help you skyrocket your achievements on a daily basis. With over 24 years of experience in multiple businesses, Vicki Helm is an acclaimed best-selling author of over 40 books. She is a business and asset development strategist and she shows you how to maximize your potential and multiply your results. As a keynote speaker, Vicki shares her own business experience, starting with her first one at only 10 years old when she became an, when she became an actual entre accidental entrepreneur. I'm an accidental reader, apparently. An accidental entrepreneur for life. Currently, Vicki is the CEO of Smart Group Firm and SmartWealthNews.com and co-CEO of Metadium Digital. Did I say that right, Metadium? Metadime. Metadime. Metadime Digital LLC. I almost got to the end. Doing it right. But yeah, you guys have one flub in there to, to show I'm human. Uh, so welcome to the show, Vicki. It's great to have you on here. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Super happy to be here. So our first question is usually, how are you successful? And I think the answer um, is kind of clear in the bio there. So the second question is, how are you neurodiverse? You know, it's an interesting question that you even say it's neurodiverse. Uh, but, you know, I was diagnosed with ADHD uh, in my youthful years. And uh, at the time uh, when that was diagnosed, there wasn't a lot of um, there wasn't a lot of solutions for it. Mm -hmm. And my mother was just really great with it and great with me with it. And, you know, I was super fidgety as a kid and I'm still kind of a fidgety adult as well, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so how has that neurodiversity contributed to your success? Mm, there's a, you know, that I, 
sat with that question when you asked it just before we came on and I was like, how did that contribute to my success? And uh, I think one of the biggest things that has happened with it is that um, it's let me, it's let me be able to level up. And what do I mean by that? Um, when somebody sometimes labels you something that could be true or could not be true, you have a choice to believe in it or move past it and, and somehow rise above it. And I think the biggest thing for me is that it's helped me rise above uh, what other people, you know, have said, you know how they say, I love naysayers. People mm-hmm. tell me I can't do it. Yeah. I'm one of those people. I, I love naysayers, you know? Okay. Yep. Yes. You, you turned, turn that headwind into a, into a source of energy. Mm-hmm. I have a friend of mine. He always says, take your setback and turn it into your jetpack." Oh, I like that. Setback mm-hmm. jet. That, that's a nice near rhyme. I mm-hmm. might borrow that. That's a good one. Um, I said, you know, turn weakness into strength, but setback into jetpack is definitely. Yeah. Thank you, that. Sterling. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and so so in the notes you sent, you also mentioned a bit of the the hyper focus. The you know when something gets your attention yeah. and holds your attention, yes, and you see it all the way through as many iterations as it takes. Yes, that's true. I I am very tenacious because of it. You know this leveling it up. You know if somebody says, well, you can't do that. You know between I don't know how many iterations I have to go through to make the book better or you know what is happening. I remember somebody telling me, you know. Um, you're not going to be an author, you're not going to be a speaker, you're not going to be, somehow I had to settle for some marginal life that Mm -hmm. they thought was possible for me. And so now 41 books later, spoke (laughs) all over the country, etc. I I feel like labels, um, and there's so much we know about ADHD now that we didn't know then. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one of the things that they have found about ADHD people is that they really have high IQs and they're actually very smart. And so um, they have a different point of view and thinking about problem solving and solutions. Mm -hmm. And if you understand the gift of your being able to problem solve or create solutions, then you understand that your inner gift is to be able to problem solve and come up with solutions that other people can't see. Mm. And that has definitely helped me with my success. Yeah, that, that's, that's huge. Um, and so, so how did that serve you in 2020 when, when the whole world had to pivot? How did your, how did your, I never had to pivot. <laughs> I, I didn't, I, my, my business was set up and, you know, I wrote some books. I had more time to write books Um, and, uh, one of the things that I know was that when 2020 hit, I got a way more clients because people didn't know what to do. And so the, what to do and the problem solving piece of it, being able to look at it from that different angle, helped me, you know, create the things that I've created and work with the people I've worked with. And it's like, you have to meet the part of you that people says might be imperfect and let that imperfection be the perfection about who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And and that's, that's something I found a bit, yeah, you know, having ADHD myself. As I said before we got started, host has ADHD, guest has ADHD. Who knows where this show is going to go? Could go anywhere. It's going to be exciting. Um, but I, I, I don't primarily do coaching in my business, but I do some coaching. And what I found is 
is people will, you know, they'll be telling the other thing, and, and ideas just pop into my head, be like, well, we've thought about this. So how about this idea? How about this? And they're like, how'd you think of that? I'm like, I don't know. My brain just does things. And um, yep. so, so it sounds like you have the same. Yeah, it's, there's something, and there's also another piece of it where with ADHD, you have a good internal BS detector. Like the, the BS detector, when it comes off, you're like, it buzzes more than the average person, because part of having ADHD is that we listen inward more than we think. And so the balance is some people just think, 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 and they don't know how to have a gut check. And people with ADHD, sometimes their thinking can be discursive. And they're very good at having a gut check that says, oh, we're going to go this way, or oh, we're going to do this. And so, um, you know, the other thing I want to tell everybody who's ADHD, I want to let you know from the time that I was a little kid till gosh, well into my forties, I only slept four hours a night, not because I needed to, you know, but that was all my body needed. So if you're restless at night and you're not sleeping when everybody else is sleeping, relax. That may be just part of your ADHD. And when you rest, if you find yourself up at night, read a book, do something. I used to read a book um, and I would be under the, the blanket with a flashlight. My dad would be like, you know, time to go to bed again. But I just never was able to sleep for a long time uh, past four hours a night. Now I can do about six to seven hours a night. And um, it's a little more normal, but I'm, I'm a couple of decades older. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that to me, I want to say that just because other people don't understand your neurodiversity doesn't mean that their misunderstanding is somehow your falseness or wrongness or badness. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means they don't understand how you operate. And it's important for you to learn how you operate. That's the key thing to success. How do you operate? If they don't understand it, that's cool. Just you, only you need to understand it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, and I think that's why a lot of, a lot of uh, people at ADHD end up being entrepreneurs because their bosses understand. And they say, this is the way it has to be done. And you're like, that's not the way I'm going to be doing it. That's, that's, that's not so true. Happen. Uh, and, and so either they, they suffer, try to shove, shove themselves, you know, round peg in the square hole, or they say, I'm out of here. I'm going to do it Absolutely. my way. Um, you know, Michael, I think what you just said is so important because a lot of people with ADHD sometimes get bad self-esteem because they're just not employable. They, they don't work well at jobs. You know, they're, it's not for them. They're too creative in that way. Thank you for saying that. That was yeah. important. I know I'm not employable. That's for sure. So <laughs> <laughs> no, as, as my friend Phil Paluccia says, uh, you know, entrepreneur is just a French word for unemployable. <laughs> Um, and, and speaking of, of, uh, of entrepreneurial, so you became an entrepreneur at the age of 10. Yes. So tell me that story. You know, it's an interesting story because um, the thing about the story is part of the ADHD. And literally, I, was, I grew up in San Francisco in California, and I was sitting on, standing on a corner at 10 years old. And asking myself how I could make some money. How could I make some money? How could I make some money? How can I make some money? 
And suddenly, without thinking, the idea came to me. You know how you said the idea was, Mm -hmm. the idea came to me. And I hadn't really vetted the idea. I just thought this will work. And I didn't look at the whole idea. But when you're in San Francisco, the houses are like row homes. They're stuck together uh, all the way down the side. And what happened was I walked from my friend's house to the next door and I knocked on the door and this woman answered and I knew I had to give my spiel, but I didn't actually have the whole spiel. And I said, hi, my name is Vicky and I'm collecting Coke bottles so I can. And she didn't even flinch. She just went in got the bottles, brought them back to me and handed them to me. And I was like, thank you. And then I went to the other door and I knocked on the door there and I did the same thing, same spiel, big dude answered the door. And then suddenly I had more bottles and I realized uh, there's something wrong with my thing here. I have bottles. And um, what, what it is in San Francisco is you either walk uphill or you're walking downhill. You know, it's a very hilly city. It's not really a, oh, we're flat land. So yep. people love to take the sodas home, but they didn't want to carry the bottles back up the hill. So as I was carrying the bottles back up the grocery store, it was like four blocks to a Safeway. Somebody at block number two blocks before there had left a Safeway cart on the corner. <laughs> and I was like, huh. So I put the bottles in the corner and I turned it around and I went door to door to door to door to door, collecting the bottles until the the cart was over full and I was pushing the cart up the hill. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get this up the hill. Cue my two sisters and a friend came by and they were like, where did you get all these bottles? And so they actually helped me push the, the cart up to the store. Mm-hmm. And um, suddenly, uh, you know, I, I gave them some of the money, but I kept most of it for myself. But uh, about after about the third day, we had four carts, four girls in a neighborhood. And for two and a half years, I had customers who'd be like, Hey, I saved the bottles for you. But we did that at least once a week in certain sections everywhere else. And then we'd all sit down and we'd split the money. Cause you never know if somebody was going to give you a 15 cent bottle or a, a nickel bottle. Mm-hmm. And um, I did that. We did that for a really long time and it worked out for us. That was the first business I had. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a great, that's, that's definitely a very ADHD idea where you're like, huh, what if we, yeah, bought them. Um, yeah, but it's also very ADHD to take action before it's fully thought of. And I think that's a gift. I don't right. think it's a lot of people, wait a minute, we don't have a plan and we don't have this and we don't have that and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And the ADHD take the person is like, shut up. We'll just figure it out as we go along. It, it's figure outable. We'll just do that. Yep. <laughs> and so they'll, it, they're more of a, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Let's just get this going. Yep. Where we're going, we don't need plans. <laughs> um, but, but, and that, that's a great, a great thing with, you know, entrepreneurship is so often it's jump, you know, jump off a cliff, build the, build the plan on the way down. Uh, and so often you discover the solution once you get going. Yeah. So if you'd sat there, okay, how am I going to get them to the top? How are we going to, yeah, well, where are we going to get a basket? Instead, you just like, let's just get bottles. Yeah. And you know what's so interesting about ADHD people and their ideas? Um, they know what's going to work. Like they've studied the market in such a way, they know where the pain is, they know what the thing is. And when the idea comes into their, uh, their uh, when the idea happens for them, they're going to get most of their, you know, 
I want to say kickback, but it's not kickback, but resistance mm -hmm. from the other people on the team. Because other people on the team, it's like you've heard that think fast and slow. Yep. Well, you know, ADHD people act fast and slow. You either act fast, fast, and mm -hmm. I'm a very fast actor. And I just had one of my teammates tell me, I always feel like I'm running to keep up with you. It's not fun. And I was like, oh, I see. So you have to think about the people you're working with because right away you're, you're when you get the idea and you're like, go, and that's uh, very ADHD, this will work. I know it will. You haven't convinced anybody else, perhaps, you mm -hmm. know, there's, there's some other people that may not feel that way as well. Yeah. You can play. I, I absolutely know what you're talking about because when I, I was, I was president of our local rotary club uh, and I picked a nice easy year to do it. I was president 2020 to 2021. So, you know, <laughs> Not, nothing, nothing big happened that year. Perfectly normal, ordinary <laughs> year. Um, but I, but I had these ideas because you know for fundraisers and whatnot. Because oftentimes, at events, you come up with a cool idea, you go around, you say, "Hey, we're doing a thing. Do you want to donate some money?" And people are like, "Yeah, sure, here's some money." And he's, you know, it's not rocket science to put them on. And so I was doing the the ADHD or the ready fire aim, and we actually had one event. It was canceled, and we still raised a thousand dollars because it was an Alzheimer's fundraiser. We'd, we'd raise a thousand dollars and then it was on, it conflicted with Father's Day and we're like, this is silly, let's not do it. So we went back to the ambulance association that was going to donate the thousand dollars and so we canceled the event. So we'll give you your check back. And they're like, we're not donating for some game day, we're donating to the Alzheimer's Association. We don't care if you do the event. So we got a, we donated a thousand dollars to the Alzheimer's Association on cool. an event that didn't even run. And then I tried to drive that point home. I'm like, we didn't even run the event, we raised a thousand dollars. Imagine if we did this six times a year and they're like, whoa, hold on a minute. Yeah. Right. Well, how's, who's going to do this and, and how are we going to do that? And, and what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And, and I'm like, we just raised a thousand dollars. We didn't even run. Yeah. We, we don't need to, what about, we just need to start. And, and it was such a, an exhausting process for me because, you know, it's like driving with the parking brake on. Well, you know, those, those people on the team, but I think that's, yes. that's an interesting thing of, of it can be, yeah. And, and I'm glad you pointed that out that, that concept, because that's, that's really the resistance I was running against. And, and at the time, yep. of course I was in transition on everything else. I'm like, I don't have time to explain this to you. We're just doing it. <laughs> but, but yeah, when you do that, you can, you know, leave the team behind or worse yet, drag the team along. And that can sometimes turn out poorly. Yeah. I mean, there's sometimes where I have to really, be considerate of others because ADHD people have a tendency, you know, to be like, you know, everybody fall in on my idea. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that may not be, you know, appropriate for other people. And sometimes it's like, I'm running to catch up with you constantly it means you need to reassess what you're doing to your team because part of being ADHD is, you know, being able to be a, a good thought leader or a good leader is remembering that your team needs a break, even if you don't. It's that mm -hmm. I only need four hours sleep, but they need eight hours in downtime on top of that, you know, and you may not. Yeah. So I always have people tell me all the time, your productivity is way high. Well, yeah, it is way high. And I feel okay working how I work, you know, and you have to know that about yourself and other. But I think, you know, so many people tell you that it's some, um, some something about you that is uh, incomplete. You're not normal or whatever it is. And thus um, in that norm, that non-normal, there's a lot of 
uh, gifts that other people don't see because normal just means you're in this box and all you see is this box. Mm -hmm. When you're outside of that, you see everything else in the box and outside of the box. And trust me, when I say this, you don't want to be in the box. <laughs> I had uh, well, one of the people we had on the show, he, he, he called, I can't remember what he called, um, he, he had different terms for things. And I know his, instead of uh, neurotypical, he's called it neuroordinary. Ooh, I love that. Um, so so he, he completely flipped it to the point of he, he moved the standard to like ADHD people are creative at a baseline level. And so if you don't have ADHD, well, I'm sorry for you. You're neuroordinary, which is an <laughs> interesting, you know, interesting way to flip the script there. I love of, it. Of, and, and, you know, everyone has, has strength, which is not like we are superior people because we have ADHD. But we have certain assets, you know, things we're we're better mm -hmm. at because we have ADHD. Mm -hmm. And I know there are times also where when my ADHD kicks in and I'm, you know, not able to focus and, you know, I have a cup of coffee then because that always brings my focus back into place. Mm. Um, but yeah, you have to know how you operate, what you're really great at and whether you're neuro ordinary or neuro extraordinary. That might be what he called it. He may have said neuro extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back and check. Um, and, and so, so what are the, you know, do you have, do you have some recent examples of where your, your neural superpowers have led you to, to particular breakthroughs or success? Wow. That's a big question. That's a big question. Cause I've done a lot. I do know that, um, one of the successful things I can do, I, I run four companies right now mm -hmm. and I'm able to manage all four of them just because I'm, I'm good at that kind of being able to see where all the dots go. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're asking what's the particular most important part of being neurodiverse. Yeah. Well, that, that's right. Oh, go ahead. I'd have to say it's the, for me, the ability to have tough conversations. Oh, okay. How's and that? it sounds it sounds odd to to say that, but when you're neurodiverse, in whatever way you want, a lot of people have a tough time having those kinds of conversations because we are like we're like something. You're more often thought of as something being wrong with you versus something being right with you. Mm -hmm. And so, when somebody is trying to be polite because they think something's wrong with you, they can't have those conversations. Well, because you're the recipient of what's wrong with you, you can see what's not quite right with them and how they communicate about it or communicate with you about it or mm. um, or have kind of a perspective that somehow you're less than while they're more than. Mm -hmm. Although I don't think that either of those two things apply. You're either creative and diverse or you're kind of an inbox thinker. And the thing about having the hard conversations is that in order to share what's creative and diverse and outside of the box, you have to be able to identify it. You have to be able to put it into words and you have to be able to be willing to rock the boat. And those three things have brought a lot of success with me as well. But I, I really think it's made it, it's made it 
a skill set for me to have those hard conversations. Interesting. Okay. And and also, I like what you said about the running four companies because one thing I found is, and I imagine you have this too, is that it, for for neurotypicals, running four companies sometimes it blurs together. You're like, wait, what, was that this company or is that this one? Whereas with ADHD, I found if I go from one setting to another, then yep. like it's like having you know some computers have different desktops. So you have a different yep. desktop. Like th- those windows are all closed. We're now opening these windows, and I may not have looked at it for two weeks. I'm there again. It's like I was there yesterday. And do yeah. you find that the same way that when you go from one, one company to the next, you're like, what Absolutely. other company? Yes, that's right. Yeah. You're fully present with which one you're in. And mm. I absolutely love that. I need that challenge actually for me. Mm. It's like you've got four desktops in your brain. If three of them are empty, then it's like, uh, what are you going to put the on the other three up? That's right. We got to get something. We got to do something. If I, when I was growing up, I grew up in four different houses. I was my mother, my father, and two sets of grandparents. And, you know, psychologists were like, children need stability, and he won't be able to handle this. And I was like, this is great. I don't want to live in one place. I'm going to live in one place. It's weird. And, you know, when I, when I got older and actually, like, grew up and lived in one place, I'm like, weird. I just live in one house all the time. Never go to other houses. Just live in this one. But, yeah, because with Asia, you want that, you know, that new experience, that new, you need multiple frames to to live in. Um, and so you really, you know, make the best of that. So so you mentioned two companies in the bio, the Smart Group Firm and uh, Meta, Metadime. Metadime? Metadime Digital. Metadime Digital. I got it right this time. And what are your other two? I have Visibility Marketing Partners and Vicki Helm, LLC. Okay. And uh, so I assume one of those is a coaching business? I don't have a coaching business. I have a consulting firm, okay. which is which is the uh, smart group firm. And um, I, I don't coach people. I okay. mentor a few. I mentor people that have gotten to the high six and seven figure level mm-hmm. and part of our programs with uh, Freedom Seekers Way. Okay. <clears throat> but we, we, I don't coach. Okay. But but consulting is that like helping them solve their problems and figure out ways forward uh, and or what what consulting kind of consulting a lot of it is with companies and mm-hmm. um, it just depends on what the company needs or wants. But I also do huge amounts of research and I really consider a smart group firm my research company so okay. that we gather data and things like that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, which is. I find that fascinating because, you know, for me, research is uh, the way I do research. Is I do podcasts, interview people, and I learn things from them. Um, it's a good so, it's a good way, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I like it. Yep. Yeah. So the idea of sitting down and like reading documents and and data and, you know, when I make connections, my, you know, my main business is making introductions. Sometimes I'll have a company looking for investors say, OK, if you if you sign the NDA, we'll send you the, the blah, blah, blah on the prospectus. And I'm like, nah, I don't need all that stuff. I won't understand it. I won't pay attention long enough to get it. Give me the top line so I know who you need to meet. They'll have signed the NDA. They want to read that stuff. They're the dive-in people. I'm the, okay, so what do you do? What problem do you solve? Who's your investor? Cool. Let me go find them for you. That's all I need to know. Don't fill my head with anything else. It'll, it, you'll confuse me. Let me just move on to the next thing, um, which I found really works well with my, yeah, with, with the amount of intention, attention I enjoy giving, I think is what I'd say there. Um, so, so tell me a little about how you, uh, you know, so you have a research firm. Um, so tell me a bit about what, what made you decide to go into research, um, which to me sounds uh, anti-ADHD, but apparently not because you're obviously doing it quite well. Well, um, 
research is all about the discovery of, you know, data and things like that. And there's so much change right now. And I started the research firm back in 2006. And as we have been evolving as a world, there is mm -hmm. this old world that is crashing and then this new world that is being developed oh. underneath. And there's all these new technologies, all these new systems, all these, there's new, 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 new stuff. And so um, that affects how so much stuff is done. It affects how things are not done or how archaic mm -hmm. things are. And so the study of that is fascinating to me. I, I can't get enough of it. And I listen to all sorts of people like you were just talking today about, you know, Zencast and Zoom and the difference between the two. And I remember being in high school. I, I think I was in my junior year in high school mm -hmm. and we saw the film. Now the film back then we had reel to reel. That's how the reel to reel player. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they had this thing about the future on it. It was like, here's the future. And what was interesting about that video, which at the time I was like, no way. And they were saying in the future, you'll be able to see the person you're talking to on your telephone and you'll be able to talk around the world in real time. And no I was like, no way, <laughs> no way. And here I am with you, two different time zones doing that very same thing. Uh -huh. And all of that is fascinating to me. It's fascinating. Okay, now I want to start doing more research. Now I, I get it. I get it. Which also, like, now I see how that ties into ADHD because one of the things is the high dopamine activities. So well, for, yes, so but the other thing people. is, the other thing is, I find opportunities before other people do. Yeah. Yep. Which, which you have both discovering knowledge is a dopamine producing activity and yep. scooping someone and yep. getting it, you know, discovering it before someone else yep. does also high dopamine activity. So, yeah. So, mm -hmm. so now I see how that ties together. So it's not just about the, the deep focus. It's about the, the discovery, the finding things that other people aren't seeing. And um, that's, that's the beauty of ADHD. Yeah. Right there. It's the finding and seeing things mm -hmm. that other people don't see. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, I'll often come up with ideas and I'll be like, well, that was obviously the solution for this. You know, I'm meeting too many people, obviously have a group of virtual coffee instead of one-on-one -on -one virtual coffee. That's, that's, right. that's the answer. And people see it and say, oh my God, that's brilliant. How'd you come up with that? I'm like, what else would I do? What was, what other answer is there? But, but yeah, with ADHD, you, you see completely different obvious answers from everyone else's obvious answers. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any examples of, uh, of unique solutions you've come up with that other people that you thought were obvious and other people were like, how'd you come up with that? Mm, God, good question. So now going over my umpty year career <laughs> and, and trying to pull one out. Um, yeah, I, I gotta say, um, Metadyme Digital is okay. the first live show network. And so um, a few years back, I want to say 2010 or 11, somewhere around there. Um, I don't know if you know who Joel Com is, but I was working with Joel Com, and I asked him, YouTube or live shows? And he said, live shows. And I was like, are you sure? Because YouTube seemed to be all the thing in the rage and it still is a, a very heavy player. It's, it's there. Are you sure video or live shows. And he said, 
in a little while, people are going to become disillusioned because um, there's going to be falsity in our news. And mm -hmm. lives, when you do lives, there is no erasing it. And I was like, okay, that's true. So if there's a mistake when you go live, it's just there. It's very vulnerable and it's it's vastly different than being able to do a, a syndicate show and move that sneeze or move that dorky statement you said or whatever it was. It's live. It's right there. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, the live show network. Okay. So at that time, Facebook Live was the only place you could do lives. Mm -hmm. And um, I developed the live show network so that it is live and there was nothing, absolutely nothing that was syndicated in a way that was edited. Everything was right there. And I bring the best experts in the world, you know, around the world. Like, I don't know, uh, last week or something we had, um, we had Steve Jobs marketing director on the show and mm -hmm. he took, you know, Apple from zero to 350 million and he was on the show and we did it live. So there wasn't any editing out of anything he could have said that was really cool. So to me, that being ahead of that live show, being able to work out how you, you know, go across platforms and build a media company via live shows, that was part of the thing that I had developed. I have developed. Fascinating. Um, and, and so what, what year was that that you set that up? Uh, my, my, my firm, my consulting firm was in 2006. I think the coffee break show and Metadyne digital. I'm just guessing now, I think it might be five years old. Okay. Yeah. And it's amazing, you know, to, to the point you're making about the research, it's amazing just, you know, thinking back five years, like, Oh, it was only five years. And then to realize like, Oh, wow. Yeah. We didn't have that. We didn't, you know, we had Zoom, yeah. but it wasn't at this level. Uh, people, wasn't it wasn't like it is now. It wasn't the level of adoption. Also, wasn't the level of quality. I, yeah. I remember, yeah, you know, when they started using Skype for interviews on the news. I remember. I'm like, Seriously, you guys have a multi-million-dollar <laughs> studio, and you're using like Skype. You know, it looks like something from a cheesy sci-fi movie, and now it's you know TV quality yeah, you can, on my. You can get super professional and. I mean, look at the background you have right there. That's mm -hmm. amazing. I mean, everything's done right now to the nth degree. Yep. The thing is, live shows are still um, running better than um, than YouTube channels. Uh, people like, no, I shouldn't say YouTube, syndicated. Yeah. People love live shows. They trust live shows. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's, you know, um, uh, Facebook's, um, you know, Facebook watch, which is live shows like red table talk or whatever your, you know, whatever that show is. Mm -hmm. So over a period of time, there's a way to monetize it, but we are the first channel that has live show, live show, live show, live show. It's not like welcome to HBO. And here's all the shows on it that are pre-made and pre-done. These are just mm -hmm. live show, live show on, on those topics. And, uh, uh, it takes a lot of people the reason I like it is you can interact with your audience right there, yeah. right then. And that's, that's the beauty of live shows. And yeah, that's, um, that, yeah, that, that's what, what radio used to be. And there's yeah. a couple, there, there's a station yeah. in uh, a thousand watt station near me. That's, that still does that in the morning. They have local, local hosts, live shows. Uh, but, but, you know, you don't really have that at scale except for, you know, talk radio, which is, 
a certain political slant. Um, but you know, for for the business space, there really wasn't anything until people like you started creating these live, interactive, engaging shows, which is a function of the internet that now exists that you can reach a large yeah. enough audience that you can yeah. get markets. At, you know, you can get a uh, tipping point market. Yeah, that's worth. And doing. we call it we call it podcasting or you know video making. It's a live show, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a show. Whether you do your show from YouTube and it's edited and syndicated or you're doing it live on Zoom or you're doing it live, podcasting is a great thing that I think mm -hmm. if you have any business, you need to do that because it's a way for your audience to meet you Absolutely. and understand who you are and find out about what you believe in. You know, those are the really cool things. Yeah, that's a really good way to meet people too mm -hmm. and learn from them, yeah. which is awesome. And the point I always make, because I imagine that you probably produce at a fairly high level and you have a team and you've got, you've got, you know, intros and outros and the whole yep. whole thing. But, but, you know, for, for my part, <clears> I've got a computer that I think I spent $130 on. Um, I've got an $18 green screen. I've got a $35 microphone and a $30 camera. Um, yeah. So, so what, what are we in all in? We're like $200. And that's if I didn't start with a computer. Um, yeah. Most people have a computer. So the extra equipment is probably under a hundred bucks and for an audio podcast if you're solo you can use something like anchor and do it for free like you can have a, a adequate show I mean, it's not gonna no one's gonna mistake it for highly professional but you can have a decent show for zero dollars yeah you yeah, can you, start you, anywhere just yeah. start where you are yeah you don't need nbc studios <laughs> yeah. yeah so that, that's a great great thing there so so for anyone out there who is um you know, maybe who has been diagnosed with ADHD or um, they're young or maybe they're, they've stumbled into their adulthood with it, not really realizing what value it has. Um, what is your message to people out there with with uh, diagnosed, but let's say unrealized ADHD? Mm. Unrealized ADHD. Um, don't listen to what everyone tells you you are. You are the concept you hold of yourself. And you get to design that concept of yourself. You're the one in charge of that. And no matter what they say about what the, you, they think you can only have a marginal life or a minimal life, or maybe you're not smart enough to do this, all of that's, all of that's garbage. You get to choose and be whatever you want. And um, never underestimate the power of your creativity and know that other people may not be as creative as you. In fact, you might terrify them with your ideas. Mm -hmm. It might be that your thinking is too big or your thinking is you stay on and hold on to your dreams. You hold on to your big thinking. The world is changed and helped by big thinkers, not little thinkers. I love that. That is a fantastic message. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and everything else. If people want to get in touch with you or learn more about you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, VickiHelm.com, although it's spelled V-I-C-K-I-E-H-E-L-M.com. The uh, last E for excellent. <laughs> so thank you so much. That's Vicky with an E at the end, Helm.com. And uh, so thank you, Vicky Helm, Vicky with an E, for being on the show. This has been great talking to you and learning from you and, and hearing all your stories. Thank you. This has been the Neurodiversity Superpowers Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse. Sign up to get every episode at neurodiversitysuperpowers.me. 
Join our Facebook group on facebook.com slash groups slash neurodiversity superpowers. Thank you so much for joining us, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm launching a course called Successful ADHD Entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and I've had ADHD for a little bit longer than that. Over that time, I've learned quite a few things that make me quite effective. People even call me organized. After many people ask me to, I have created a course to share what I've learned with you. Get details at neurodiversity.me slash course. The first run is limited to only 20 students, and the first class is April 20th, so don't put this one off neurodiversity.me slash course.